Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Keeping the Faith. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed in this and without having seen the film, just be aware that the plot will be spoiled for you. Enjoy. Hello. Oh, I'm getting double Gordon there. Wait, say something again. Hello, my name is Double Gordon. Oh no, single, single Gordon. Wait, single <laughs> Gordon now. Wait, your name is Dub Gordon. My name is Dub Gordon. That that's Dub. the that's the remix uh, of the official Rob Gordon album. Is Dub Gordon? <laughs> Dub Gordon. Also, it sounds like um, one of those Disney cartoons from the late eighties that would have been on, like somewhere between Ducktales and. Um, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers, all that stuff. Dub Gordon. Dub Gordon. He's a crime fighting dub musician, obviously. I'd watch. I'd watch a show about a crime fighting dub musician who also happens to be a goose, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. So, so are you now getting all the single Gordons? All the single Gordons. Yeah. If I like it, maybe I will put a ring on it, by which I mean a <laughs> ring tone. Oh, remember ringtones? Ring I remember ringtones. I remember when you used to buy a music magazine and the final three pages of it would just be adverts for text in and get this ringtone. It will cost you two quid. Or oh my God. Those were the days, man. I actually had a little bit of a sideline. I feel like I might have talked about this on this podcast before, but you know, I think this is episode 120. So you know, I think they're at the point now where we can just start repeating content. We don't even have to start doing new films anymore. Anyway, the story is, I when I was in sort of year 9, year 10, and, and the Nokia phones released their composer, I, the ringtone composer, I was one of the only few people who actually realised how to compose a regular old melody on there, and that it was basically just the eight notes of the major scale. So I had a nice little sideline in getting people to pay me in chocolate to make them ringtones. That's incredible. Yeah, those I'd, are the I'd, days. I did something similar with mine, and people were like, Rob, how did you get that to work? So, like, oh, because it's pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> you you didn't you didn't have any mystery because no, you just, you you weren't the entrepreneurial type. No, I was. Um, I'm not a capitalist pig like you, Paddy. Yeah, I'm. I'm all about the moolah. I was there yeah. with my lemonade stand because <laughs> you're a secret lemonade seller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> I was selling lemonade underage and not not giving the money to the taxman. Yeah, taxman didn't get none of your lemonade money. That's what Beyonce's lemonade was about. Yeah, it's about free market enterprise of selling lemonade and not giving money back to the state. Yeah, she's a lemonade neoliberal. <laughs> Speaking of neoliberals, she's an anarchist punk like Jeff Bezos. <laughs> he hates the man so much he pays no tax at all. I know. I know. He uh, he is a true really sticking it to the man there, man. Yeah, he is. You know, that's the true free spirit of not being the establishment yep. billionaire Jeff Bezos, <laughs> who really, really looks like a villain from a, like a not good Superman film, doesn't he? 
He does. He a really, really does. sort of bad Lex Luthor. You know, he's like Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor, but someone sort of took took a bit of the meat off that bone. You know, he's he's the the YouTube fan movie Lex Luthor. That's oh no, he is. are they YouTube is. fan movies? Is that a thing? Oh yeah, yeah. Fan movies are a huge deal. How do they make them? Is it just like people in like cheap outfits on camera phones? Well, some of them are that, but some of them actually they put in a huge amount of time. Um, and they're actually quite impressive. Like the sheer dedication just to make like a 10, 20 minute long short. I mean, about... obviously I'm looking forward to The Last Jedi being remade without any women in it. <laughs> no, these are more these are more good faith like fan projects where they genuinely love what they're what they're remaking. Oh, okay. Um, instead of bitter, angry fools. So it's actually, yeah, it's actually quite nice. Um, some of them and it's just it's a nice little love letter to to the franchises that they enjoy in that case look out for my fan movie the bridges of madison county too <laughs> electric boogaloo yeah uh, coming soon to a youtube near you <laughs> um i'm looking forward to doing after two. Oh no after two after the afterward after it's, it's after but the t and after is a two <laughs> oh, two after two furious <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. After Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, I know, I did not see Hobbs and Shaw. I've heard surprisingly good things. It it looks like ridiculous fun. Much like I I have a soft spot for the Fast and Furious movies. I think the the first few were I don't know they were what you expected, but then after that they they amped up the silliness to such an incredible degree that it's impossible to watch one and not enjoy it. Yeah, like they don't pretend to be anything that they are not, do they? No. No. Whereas, speaking of things to pre- that pretend to be things they're not, that is acting. And you know <laughs> what actors is, are in? Is what people do. Actors, they're, they're the people who appear in movies, right? They are. And funnily enough... Pretending we, people. We watched a movie, Paddy. Yeah, Puczynski. <laughs> do you, what do you want to cover first? Do you want to cover Puczynski or do you want to cover... Keep no, no, we should. Pajinsky's an extra, so we should talk about the film first. Okay. Just in case all the people who I know out there, lots of the, the casual fans, they get annoyed by the preliminary chat. They're just like here to here to hear the serious film chat and film discussion. So we've got to give the people what they want. Sure, sure. Just don't skimp on my Pajinsky time at the end of this episode. No, no, I, I won't. I won't. I've got I've got all sorts of things to say about Pajinsky. So I had not seen Keeping the Faith. No, you you had not. I had seen it before. Um, in fact, it's never really been a movie that had massively been on my radar, which is funny given that I'm a, a big fan of Ed Norton. Mm-hmm. I, I sort of knew the name, but that was about it. Um, but this was a nice movie, wasn't it? It's a kind of thoroughly pleasant film with some silly comedy thrown in. Yeah, it is pleasant. And as you say, I've always been a little bit... Um baffled as to why people don't seem to have heard of it or it seems to have flown beneath the radar especially as i don't know are there any other films that star edward norton and ben stiller in this kind of buddy role i don't think so no i've not seen anything obviously there's um zoolander club the famous <laughs> early 2000s um punchy comedy movie where one one uh model becomes friends with another model but it turns out they're the same person yeah and they can't um, talk about it. That's the and rule. They can't, you can't talk about zoos. That's what it's <laughs> truly about. The first rule of the zoo is you don't talk about the zoo, which is a problem for the children's <laughs> film Madagascar. 
Yeah, precisely. Or we bought a zoo. Yeah. <laughs> proved to be their downfall. I mean, it's there in the title. <laughs> we bought a redacted. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know if he was in anything else with Ben Stiller. Yeah, because I feel like they have quite good chemistry in this film. They have good, like, bro chemistry, and you believe that they're friends. And it's just, I, I've always quite liked this film, um, and just wondered why it seemed to have flown beneath the radar when it seemed to have it made it back at the box office. But I guess it was released in 2000. So for people our age, it was kind of a bit too early and then it didn't necessarily really endure. So I wonder. Yeah, because it's interesting because you look on IMDb and it does have nearly 50,000 ratings. Okay. So it's not, it's not as though this is a completely forgotten movie. Um, that's, a, that's a fairly sizable amount of ratings for IMDb. Um, but yeah, it's it's the kind of thing where it's 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 been forgotten about in both Ben Stiller and Edward Norton's careers. In yeah, fa- like in favor of other movies, which have kind of you know. So with Ben Stiller, you've got Zoolander, for instance. Um, you've got uh, there's something about Mary, um, and then for Edward Norton, you've got things like Fight Club. You've got. Um, the incredible death to Smoochie, the film yeah. that is on everybody's lips when you think of Ed Norton. Yeah, it's the num- um, the number one Edward Norton film. Um, but you, but you know what I mean. They've got these other these other iconic films that have become these kind of very memeable, very quotable um, movies that have taken precedence over this. And I wonder if it is a fact. It it feels a bit old fashioned, doesn't it? Yes, it feels it's a cent is two thousand, but it's essentially a nineties film. The only way you know it's in the twenty first century is because at one point they, he says it in quite a clumsy way. But there's also a bit where he, um, Edward Norton, is amazed by Ben Stiller's cell phone, and all the business people are wearing Britney style mics. Yes, yeah, he's got a cell phone. Oh my god, what a high society man! Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> he's a big and, important man, and so it's. It's weird because you know Edward Norton's someone who gets a lot of um, he gets a lot of praise and he has a lot of fans. Yet this is the only movie out of his that he has directed. Right, it's his only film he's directed. There's another one coming out this year called Motherless Brooklyn, which seems to be some kind of 1950s crime gangster thingamajig, um, which which looks interesting. Um, but but up until that point, you know, you've got this very acclaimed actor who went into the directing chair and no one's really talking about it. That's interesting because it seems like this is the kind of film where it's a good directorial debut and you go on to other things. Yes, yeah. I wouldn't say that this is, you know, it, it got fairly, it was fairly well received at the time. Um, you know, not, not seen as a classic. And I think that's kind of perhaps another reason why it's not sort of retained a huge legacy but there's there's nothing wrong with it and i think for a debut it's a very solid one and it's got some very it's quite well paced it's got some good performances um so yeah it's a bit weird that it's been forgotten so much it almost sort of falls into a gap doesn't it it's not awful enough for people to be going oh did you see this awful film and it's not it doesn't really sort of shatter any boundaries or break any walls down or anything it does it's no one's going to be like oh yeah this is amazing this is my favorite film but it's just kind of in that that middle ground isn't it yes exactly and we've talked before about uh memeability and this movie lacks memeability which might be another reason 
Whereas, I, are you saying you, you've never enjoyed the meme of a priest and a rabbi in a leather jacket dancing to "Smooth" by Santa, <laughs> Santana feet Rob Thomas? And that should be incredibly memeable, but it, it doesn't give you that that five second uh, like repeating gif quality, does it? Whereas you look at something like Zoolander, for instance, um, it really really has that quality. Um, or, or even earlier movies like Kindergarten Cop turns up all the time, and that's partly because <laughs> it's it's on television every day on one channel somewhere or other. Yeah, the um, Kindergarten Cop channel. <laughs> you got that on uh, Sky? It's channel nine nine one two. I I pay 69. extra so I get Kindergarten Cop channel plus one, just in case <laughs> I miss the start of it and can't wait yeah. the hour and a half to watch it again. Um, so so yeah so, but but that movie again, you know, it's got that kind of place in consciousness and it's also got those very short snippets which are easily shareable whereas keeping the faith it doesn't have that which is interesting and i i enjoyed watching it but there's no distinct memory of this film that i can place that will stay with me permanently i just googled keeping the faith gifts and what do you know the top one was of them in the leather jackets and sunglasses walking along and and looking that, like cool dudes yes and that and that's one of those and there's funny moments in this movie but that's one of those rare laugh out loud moments as well yeah it's just the perfect song as well perfect for that time as well like a hit from the time yes yeah because i i i unapologetically unironically love that song it's yeah, one it's of my favorite songs um, it is also one of my go-to songs for karaoke. If yeah. anyone ever has the opportunity to hear me at karaoke, that's going to be one of those things. There's your number two song, because I know what your first one is. My my first one is um, Barbie Girl by Aqua. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> you know, life in plastic, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. You can brush my hair, etc. Um, yeah. What is my number one? I'm trying. I'm drawing careless a whisper. Here. Oh yes, I was thinking. Is it? Is it that? Is it Bon Jovi? Because I've been known to do a Bon Jovi. Um, bon Jovi. You say, yeah. You're saying you get halfway there. Well, I I prefer to go Dead or Alive, or oh. You Give Love a Bad Name. I think You Give Love a Bad Name is my favourite. Yeah, of, of exactly. Bonathan Jonathan songs. <laughs> John Bonathan Jovi. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You Give Love a Bad Name is the song that Living on a Prayer wishes it could be. <laughs> It's the thinking person's living on a prayer. It is. It is. It's it's the true connoisseur of 80s butt rock. Butt um, rock. <laughs> is that the genre? That is the official genre. Um, one other thing I'd like to point out. If you search just for keeping the faith, it is not the top Google. No, it's very um, annoying. There's some it, TV show called Keeping Faith that is, seems to be way more popular, which I am judging it purely on search results, but it looks rubbish and I hate it. Um, which I think might be a bit unfair. <laughs> I <laughs> never little, promised I would be fair. Just a little bit unfair. It seems as though people like it. There's even people writing things like, when will season two be out? Or when will season three be out? Um, so it might be good. People like it. Nah, it's on the BBC. That means it's bad. <laughs> BBC stands for Bad Broadcasting Corporation. Bad Brexit Corporation. Yep. Definitely. Can I talk Should about, we? you know, I'm... I'm oh, so you want to talk about Brexit? I'm, I don't want to talk about Brexit. <laughs> Brexit, is, Brexit is sapping my life. Um, what it's, I genuinely, do t- it's been sucking all of us like the mind flayer for the last three and a half years, and I'm done. 
Yeah. I'm done with this fucking shit. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sick of it. I'm sick of that nonsense. Um, but what I was going to say is, you know how we sometimes talk about things that annoy us on the internet? Yeah. Rarely. Every so, so often we talk about not Not that often, you know. Only if there's nothing else to talk about. Um, I hate it when people say BBC more like Brexit Broadcast Corporation or some equivalent of that. It's it's the equivalent of saying the the Libor Party or yeah or to- Tony B liar the the Liberal Democrats. <laughs> no one other. says that. <laughs> well, no one says the do. Liberal Democrats. <laughs> they should do. No, they they call them the Glib Dems. Oh yeah, 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 the Glib yeah. Dems. But I much um, prefer the, the Liberal Democrats. <laughs> um, well, I, the, I, the Peen Party. The only place for wordplay is with nonsense that has nothing to do with yeah. real world events. There's no place for wordplay in politics. No, exactly. More like Bojo the Clown. Am I right? <laughs> That's going to stick it to him. Yeah. Hey, we're undermining democracy at an alarming rate, but <laughs> I refer to our prime minister as a clown. Yeah. Who says satire is dead? That's how it works. Yeah. So G- Gideon Osborne. Whoop. <laughs> yeah, Defeffel De Johnson. <laughs> that that is his actual name. That'll that'll show him, won't it? Because no one realised that Boris Johnson was posh before. <laughs> yeah, nobody knew that. You couldn't tell from his voice or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so that annoys me but what doesn't annoy me is the movie keeping the faith yeah I did enjoyed. you would you say you enjoyed it overall i did enjoy it yeah i good even i'm though glad I, I it does feel quite old-fashioned and it didn't really strike me i i'm not sure it's going to be something that sticks in my memory for long no but it was a really nice movie to watch and it felt really relaxed and there's a couple of weird moments in it which i'll talk about we'll, we'll have a more serious discussion after we have stopped saying about how nice this movie is oh do we have um, to I, yes we do <laughs> um it's only a minor thing it's a minor thing that kind of rubbed me up the wrong way um which which things can do i'm like a dog you don't stroke me the wrong way it's uncomfortable you gotta let sleeping robs lie you do you do um but yeah it's but it's a it's generally a really pleasant movie and it's quite I think it handles its subject matter pretty well because this could have been a very different kind of Ben Stiller movie, couldn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's, it's a movie with Ben Stiller in it, but it's not a Ben Stiller movie. Um, whereas a rabbi and a priest are best friends and they're going to fight over a girl. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Again, I think I think that's good conceptually. But yes. what's also good about it is that when you hear that, you think there are so many ways that that could be so terrible. <laughs> yeah and it's uh, not rob, rob schneider's keeping the faith <laughs> rob schneider's keeping the faith he's um, a priest with a huge erection and there it is yeah there's erection jokes there's fart jokes yeah it but ends... who would be the rabbi oh he would be the rabbi oh no so he, he's the rabbi right? he's got to be priest. the rabbi yeah um because that oh, yeah because that gives him more of a chance to do an offensive, offensive jewish caricature um there would be all sorts of jokes about Coachiness. At the end, it would end with the priest throwing shellfish at. Actually, uh, is Rob Schneider Jewish? I don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't delve into his personal life. He's <laughs> so a private I just man. To Google is Rob Schneider Jewish, and the first um, auto prompt on Google is: Is Rob Schneider dead? <laughs> <laughs> well, is he Paddy? 
Uh, well, I'm going to have to Google it now to check. Is Rob Schneider <laughs> dead? No. I don't think he is. He's yep. he's doing stuff, isn't he? <laughs> People also ask, what is Rob Schneider's race? Oh, here we go. His mother and his father was Jewish and his mother was Catholic. Ah, ah so he, he could he, he had could, a came to either role. He could do this film as a one man show on stage. He could could he you could imagine? Do, he could do Jack and Jill. You know the terrible Adam Sandler film. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I he, want to force you to watch it at some point. He could do that, but this movie, and he could play both the rabbi and the priest. I kind of want this movie to happen. I, be... I would pay three pounds to watch that film i would i would pay half price at a cinema to watch that movie yeah that's how orange wednesdays yep um so yeah it's it could have gone very badly couldn't it this film but they handled it relatively sensitively and they handled it with um with nuance and with they they made them more than their roles in the film they felt like genuine characters Definitely. And genuine human people. Whereas all three of them, they could have just been, you could have had, here's the rabbi, here's the priest, here's the woman. And it, that her her <laughs> entire role in this movie could have the just woman. been the love interest. But in fact, her, her motivations and her desires are almost the most well-rounded in the film. And she questions them as well, is the other thing. There's a point yes. where actually she she's talking to the rabbi's mum and the rabbi's mum is very perceptive and she has worked out that they're dating even though she you think she's going to be angry about it because she ostracized his brother for marrying a catholic but now she's okay with it um but all of that stuff between them was very very well done and she kind of gets her to open up and say maybe yeah maybe i've prioritized my career over other things and it's not done in a kind of in an obvious way because that seems like a kind of an obvious way to set up for someone sort of reevaluating their life in a, a way that romantic films often um, get the romantic ball rolling is to deal with those kind of conflicts, but it's done well and it builds sort of subtly and nicely over the course of the film. Yes, yeah, yeah. And so I think they handled it really well and I liked that. And that was kind of ahead of its time, I suppose, because you look at the other movies that came around about uh, came out around this time and the way that they would have treated this subject matter, particularly a uh, a love triangle in this way. Um, and they're not, it, it's not done anywhere, a lot of them don't do it anywhere near as well as this movie, which is really appreciated. Yeah, and I just, I don't know of any other films that portray, you know, religion in this way either where it's it's semi-serious and it does ask philosophical questions about it but it's ultimately still trying to tell a light-hearted story so it doesn't come across as really really heavy or too make you think no no exactly it's it's not it 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 talks about faith without the movie being about faith yeah and i i suppose the best recent example of that is have you watched fleabag I saw the first season, but not the second season. Okay, yeah. Well, and now I feel like she's everywhere and I'm bored of it. So I don't good. know if I'm going to get around to watching it, but I did think the first season was good. It's good. The second season I think I liked more than the first. Ah, okay. Um, and she was in um, Solo, A Star Wars Story, yes. as the voice of the droid, which was very good. Yes. Um, and she's writing Bond. Yep, which I'm down um, with. Yeah, which is cool. Um, she's going to turn him into a man who winks at the camera yeah which i'm all for and says fucked me in the ass a lot <laughs> that's my that's my lasting memory of the first series of, of fleabag yeah um, which is a- if bond doesn't turn around to the camera 
Daniel Craig doesn't turn around to the camera, point the gun in the like the scene, and just before it, just before like the blood comes down and the Bond music comes up, he goes, "Fuck me in the ass." <laughs> that's what I want to see. That's what that's what I want. That's what I want. <laughs> um, uh, genuinely, Fleabag is very good. Uh, the, there's very few shows that I think are worthy of the hype. Um, when 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 I come to them late, so I didn't watch Fleabag when it first came out um we kind of binge watched both series back to back right um after the hype had been everywhere after uh fleabag was everywhere on buzzfeed for instance um but it's genuinely incredibly funny and i think the second series is is buzzfeed is still a thing buzzfeed's a thing Gotta love oh, a bit of BuzzFeed. I haven't seen BuzzFeed in ages. Remember, I, I, everything what? on the internet, sort of about three years ago, every link on the internet was BuzzFeed. I, I and now want, they've fired everyone. I want to go to Buzz. Well, they fired their news team, didn't they? I yeah. think it was. Um, which is strange because their news team does some really impressive bits of journalism, <laughs> much more so than a lot of the tabloid press. Yeah, um, yeah, they definitely. Re- they, get, they get a lot of really good leaks from the government and... and make good use of freedom of information actually yes like that, that is true their politics page is quite good um but yes primarily go to buzzfeed do that 30 question quiz to find out what 90s breakfast cereal you are yeah and and what that means for your love life i love that shit <laughs> <laughs> i which, genuinely which do. disney princess are you I, f- I find it so relaxing to go on buzzfeed for 15 minutes uh, you know after i've had a stressful day you know i've made dinner i'm sitting down I've, I've just eaten i'm sitting down putting something on tv that i'm not really paying attention to and just go and do a couple of buzzfeed quizzes yeah it's just so relaxing just that kind of inane uh sort of content that that doesn't mean anything and it doesn't need to mean anything and we kind of i think we've lost sight of that with everything awful in the world yeah, definitely. Everything is really awful. Everything is awful. So <laughs> Every, <you know. laughs> everything is shit, and we don't have a team. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I like it. But yeah, but um, Buzzfeed is good. Fleabag is really good. Phoebe Waller Bridge is good, and um, Killing Eve is good. And her sister does all of the music for all of it. What? And that's all really good. So, good stuff all round. It's awesome. Cool. Um, I'm I'm glad that there are still good there are still good things. Yes, there there are still good things. Sometimes you know, after you've watched After and then you've watched Secret Obsession, you have to wonder. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that because I've got a doozy lined up. Have you? No, I don't. I'm choosing oh. something good this time. It feels <clears> like <throat> it's been a long time since I chose something good for us to watch. It certainly um, has. <laughs> so um so there's one thing about this movie that kind of i found a bit awkward and that is when when matey boy ed norton goes around to her apartment after she's not the not the scene in the karaoke store with don the karaoke man well that that i was i was thinking oh this is a bit bad but then they kind of did a little reversal yeah it turns out that's not his real voice and he's clearly just fucking with anyone who comes into the store, which yeah. I appreciate. And I thought, which is you, quite funny. You you go, lads. You fuck with people's expectations like that. I, I appreciated yeah. that. Uh, initially, I thought, oh god, this was the year two thousand. This was not old enough for this to have been the norm in I movies. Um, but the the thing that did 
did sort of make me do a bit of a double take was so ben stiller has what, what are the character names i don't want to just refer to them as he's as, rabbi jake so rabbi jake old rabbi jake we love him good old rabbi jake <laughs> so he's he's been a bit of a shitbag though so he's just split up with anna after she's sort of made a a really sort of potentially big sacrifice or potential sacrifice to to be with him and upend her life and try and find something new um and he basically turns around and says nah mate i've got to marry a jewish woman because you know that's life get out um so she calls up uh brian finn very good catholic priest name brian finn yeah i just point out um extremely good and uh and you know is looking for a friend to talk to because she's quite upset and uh and and brian gets the wrong end of the stick and goes round and thinks that it's going to be a declaration of love um which is a bit awkward but you know but what 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 i found strange was that his reaction to it after that where one of his supposed best friends is in a really bad state of mind and has just been treated incredibly poorly was then to get angry and storm out. Yeah. And that reaction is never really addressed in the rest of the movie. I thought at some point he might apologise to her for not being a good friend. But instead it's almost the other way round and she's trying to get in contact with him to make amends for her reaction. Yeah, it's all about him. Yeah, and I thought that was a bit weird because, I don't know, in that situation it was initially Jake's idea not to tell Brian about yeah. it it's um, kind of patriarchal isn't it it's like oh the yeah. it's all about the, the man who's been wronged yeah and so it it almost ends up the the movie almost ends up being more focused on their friendship getting back together rather than her friendship with him being resolved which was yeah. a bit strange and i'm not too sure i think that was handled very well yeah, I think that the last sort of twenty minutes or no, it be- or so, it becomes a conventional rom com climax ending, and sort of pushes their friendship aside a little bit. When actually, up until that that point, it's been more of a friendship movie than a romantic movie. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and and all it needed was, um, all it needed was a moment at the end where he apologizes to her for storming out and saying, "I should have been." A- you know, I should have been a friend. And then she says, I should have told you about it. And that's all it needed to resolve it. But that yeah. never really happens, which is weird. And I guess it's maybe a sign of a times because this movie is effectively 20 years old. I know. God. But even so, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't just feel being... that old. No, it doesn't, does it? Apart from the, the mobile phones. Mobile phone thing. And yeah, then if you think about it, um, they're not looking at phones all the time so in a way it's extremely old yes um and no twitter no twitter yeah no feral hogs no feral hogs yeah oh no sorry (laughs) there are feral hogs in my church let's get them out of here they tried to open their joint faith community center can't it's full of feral hogs yeah full of feral hogs yeah impossible to do it um but also elliot smith was still alive when this film was made and one of his songs was on the soundtrack which is yeah. very nice. It's um, every so often I remember Elliot Smith and then I get sad. Yeah. Because I, I never, I was never super into it sort of at the time. 
No, um, me neither. But, but recently, the... I've come to really like him. Or the last yeah. sort of five to ten years. Yeah, exactly. The last the last five years or so. And but and then so when it when it comes up or when you just think about it, it's just like oh, it's really sad. Yeah, and you can hear his influence in so many of the kind of melancholy singer dudes. Yes, yeah, and and it's almost the same as as Jeff Buckley, where the uh, the potential was never truly realised, and that's part of you know there's so much legacy to give that was never given absolutely yeah so yeah when that popped up on the soundtrack i was like oh yeah i remember that that's nice Mm. but also sad you know what didn't make me sad what this movie oh good good. i'm glad (laughs) i liked it i did like it as much as i as much as i gave it a little moan then i think overall it handles stuff really well it does and it's it's a little bit long as well that's the thing i think it gets to a point where it can't decide whether it wants to be a, a romance about the romance or the friendship and it kind of it, it makes a choice and that's fine because it's actually hard to do both of those things in one film and it actually does pull it off and that they they portray the the teenage relationship between them well with a nice flashback and then they sort of fall into being friends again without that as adults without that being too clumsy so all of that stuff definitely works as background which could end up being quite clunky yes yeah it it, it does and I think it nearly pulls off the double the the double balance of friendship and romance. And maybe it doesn't quite do enough to explore in in a in a deep way the impact of relationships on friendship in that way. No. Um where it is kind of just a it's almost like a binary, isn't it? Is you're going out with him, so we can't be friends anymore, and it all gets a bit dramatic. Yeah. Um. And I think maybe it would have been interesting if they had tried to explore it in a in a different way. But again, you know, this movie it is a it is in its core a, a simplistic romantic comedy, and and maybe the fact that it tries to do such interesting things is almost credit in itself, given yeah. how far it reaches that point. It's really really laudable, and it is ambitious, even though it doesn't seem like it because it's a it reads as a relatively pedestrian romantic comedy, but to ask those questions of a rabbi and a Catholic priest is ambitious. Yes, yeah. It's, it's, and it's, it's nice that the dual focus on different faiths is never brought up in a controversial way. And that's almost interesting in itself that the, the question of, you know, two different religions is never a point of conflict in it whatsoever. It's it's no. very personality driven. It's very character driven. Yeah, and the faith makes up those personalities in a way that is nice and rounded. But it's not. You're right. It's not always the source of the conflict. But I think a different filmmaker would be like, that's the source of all of the conflict, and everything has to be this massive crisis of faith. When actually, it's not. It's about here's a romance. Here are the obstacles. Yes, and it's it's. It's always easy when you portray people of faith in movies to have their characters defined by that. Yeah. Um, and so it is refreshing. You know, this movie is old now because we are old men, Paddy. We are old people now. Yeah. Um, it, you don't see that very often, do you? I was that... trying to think of like a film about a priest or something, but I couldn't think of anything. And for some reason, what popped into my head was Bulletproof Monk. <laughs> remember bulletproof monk i remember bulletproof monk (laughs) um (laughs) what a movie what a movie yeah we should talk about that 2003 so it's only like four three three years removed from this but wow what a different film 
Yeah, there's a slightly different. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, our main man, Sean William Scott. See, the, 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 the problem is that immediately when you think of films about priests, etc., horror movies are what comes to mind. Yeah, well, the, the, I should have said The Nun. The Nun, that's about a nun. <laughs> yeah. It's about multiple nuns. She's very priests. much defined by being a nun. <laughs> being an angry nun. But then we'll yeah. say the main character is also a nun, a not angry nun. All right, so um, so it's called the nun, and that refers to the main character, but also a different nun. Well, then the, the nun is about the evil ghost nun, the right. evil demon nun, rather than the main character. But the main character also happens to be a nun. Right. That's confusing. Um, yeah. I'm I'm thinking of other movies with priests in and trying to forget uh, trying to put horror movies out of my mind. So you've got You got Dogma. Got Dogma. That's that's a film. It's got uh, th- that is such a weird movie, isn't it? Yeah, really odd. 1999, so not far removed from this. No, no. Um you've got There Will Be Blood. Oh it's yeah. Got, yep. It's got a moon-faced boy who is a He drinks a, your milkshake. <laughs> yep. Um, you've got, there's, there's priests in the Da Vinci Code, your favorite story. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is it, is, um, what's the, what's the guy's name? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. He's not a priest. He's a no, professor. No, he's a, he's a, he's a man of, uh, reason. Paul Bettany. Then, For some reason I couldn't remember Paul Bettany's name. Is he, is he the angry priest? So he's the angry priest. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's got priests in it. Yeah, it? in fact, all of Dan Brown's stuff has got like, ooh, priests, they're up to no good, aren't they? Ooh, here's some <laughs> mystery about some art. Here's a professor of a made-up subject to tell you all about it. Ooh, priests. Yeah. That's ooh, every Dan Brown book. Everyone's the Illuminati apart from you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's aspirational. It's yeah. like, how do I become an Illuminati? Yeah, F- exactly. Five steps to Illuminati happiness. <laughs> <laughs> precisely um so yeah and but i it's 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 i can't really think of anything that's handled priesthood in such a human fashion no oh did you um well it's a tv series quite recent so it's a very different did you ever see rev no i didn't i heard that was good that was good with tom hollander he was he was very good in that i do love a bit of tom hollander you've He's also great. got the young pope with jude law oh yeah a young a young pope i haven't seen that I haven't, but I hear he's young and a pope. But do you do you want to see sexy pope? Because he's obviously a young and sexy pope, right? That's the whole point of it. Yeah, it's it's basically a TV show that says, "What if the pope was sexy? What if what if the pope wasn't a haggard old man? <laughs> yeah, and was instead a hot-bodied young lover? Yeah, with a six-pack. <laughs> with a six-pack. But it doesn't he's... matter because you can't see it under the robes anyway. No, but he knows. He knows. So he gives a cheeky wink every so often. He's like, yeah, yeah. I've got a six pack. What of it? <laughs> ordained with the six pack. Yep. Um. <laughs> yeah. So we can't think of anything. So that therefore means that this film is the best portrayal of priests and rabbis in cinema. Yeah, definitely. Um. So one thing, why did Jenna Elfman not have a bigger career? I was because thinking the same thing as well. Yeah, she's a bit good. like she's in quite a few films, but they're all relatively low key, aren't they? There's nothing that's like a huge breakout hit for her, is there? No, no. Um, 
which is which is weird. She was in Ed TV. Do you ever have you ever seen Ed TV? No, I have not. It's like the Truman Show, but more realistic. So rather than this big old conspiracy that there's one person being filmed on this giant TV lot, instead they're quite open about just filming some random guy, and they're like, "Hey, we want to film you," and he goes, "Okay." Oh, I'm looking at this now. It's Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm into um, this. I want to see this. Kind of underrated, I'd say. It's not got the same beauty and extravaganza yeah. as the Truman Show, but it oh, does. Kind of, hey, Woody job. Harrelson. This looks yeah. great. It does its job. It's pretty decent. Yeah. And then. She's in Clifford's really big movie, the classic. Is is that about the dog? Or it, about it is about Max the dog. Clifford. <laughs> Max Clifford. Yeah. Yeah, that's a reference for you. That's, yeah, that's a. <laughs> He's a he's a guy. <laughs> That's a person <laughs> with the name Clifford. Um, she was in she was in Dharma and Greg. She was Dharma. Do you remember Dharma and Greg? No, I never saw it. I, I'm aware of it. The but... sitcom. Yeah. Um, Does it mean Dharma like the Buddhist concept? Dharma like farmer, big farmer, big farmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. big farmer and Greg. I've seen that. <laughs> um. But yeah, and and so and now she's she's currently in Fear the Walking Dead, so the Walking Dead ah, spin-off okay. show, which I've heard is pretty decent. Yep. Oh, she is in the Doctor Doolittle Eddie Murphy, <laughs> <laughs> which is very bad. That is a that's a movie and a half, isn't it? Oh, hang on. The film's success generated four sequels: Doctor Doolittle Two, Doctor Doolittle Three, Tale to the Chief, and <laughs> Mi- Million Dollar Mutts. The latter three being director video. Oh. I'm Waters sure she Christ. wasn't in that. No. Um, so, yeah, it's weird because she's really compelling in this. And the other things that I remember seeing her in, I think she's very talented. Um, but it's just interesting that you've got these two powerhouses now, of these huge names. Yeah. Um, whereas she's kind of not, not reached that same level. And her husband, Bodie Elfman, appears in this film as the guy who's having sex in the window across the way. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, yeah, that's her husband. That's amazing. That, that's... Mis- Mr. Elfman himself. Ah. Mr. Elfman. Yeah. That that's the name you get when you are an elf man. Yeah, he's a literal elf. Literal elf. He was like far... him like Will Ferrell in Elf. Yes. Like that. Exactly. Exactly. Um so I don't know what else to say about this movie, really. I'm I'm bearing in mind we've got 15 minutes left to talk about Puchinski. Yeah, no, I, I think we've covered it. It's good. It's kind of low key. It's un- underrated and understated. I think actually, it's yeah. very it's it's good and it's worth a watch for anyone. I think that's the thing. It has probably broad appeal. I'd say, unless yes. you hate rabbis. Yeah, unless you hate rabbis and priests. Yeah, and if unless you hate like late 90s soft indie music, plot moving montages as well. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. Or if you hate Ben Stiller testing a karaoke machine by doing a very low-key version of The King of Rock by Run DMC. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and if you so, hate Eli Wallach, who is great. <laughs> he, is, he is. He is very old in this film. And he went on to be even older. He was 98 when he died in 2014. Oh, wow. Absolute ledge. He was yeah. in like The Magnificent Seven and mm-hmm. lots of very old movies. Did you ever watch the remake of The Magnificent Seven that came out the other year? I did not. No, because I didn't either. It seemed to have, you know, had all of these big names in it and then no one wanted to see it. Oh. It just seems a bit strange. That's a shame. Yeah. Um, Maybe I will watch that at some point. 
Um, so, so one bit of trivia because we've got to talk about the greatest experience of our lives. Um, so when <laughs> yeah, they obviously. when they're going to see Garcia's film, they're talking about Andy Garcia, obviously. And the movie they're talking about is When a Man Loves a Woman. When a man loves a woman. I have not seen it. Have you? I have not, but it's got Meg Ryan in it. That sounds like the kind of film we should be watching. That's basically what a romantic film is. When a man loves a woman. Yes. When a woman loves a man. Yeah. Um. So, right. Uh, do you want to rate this now? Uh. Yes. Let's rate it. How many people are in the line for your confession booth? Oh, uh, there is going to be a solid 14 people in the line to my confession booth. Yeah, that's good. I'll go just one higher because I appreciate this film a lot. And now it's all, it also it held up on holds up on multiple viewings. I mean, you you couldn't do them too close together, but having not watched it for a few years and watched it again, it still still really holds up. And there's still things about it when I'm watching it that I really like about it. As I say, it doesn't necessarily stay with you, but it's yeah, I think it's good. So I'll give it a 15. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so <laughs> it's a moment we've been waiting for. Pichinsky. What did you think of Pachinski? This I is your first it. time I watching it. it. Incredible. It opened with some sexy sax blues intro and I was like, yes, this is what I want. <laughs> Hook this right into my veins. Um, so this is a pilot. It's on, it's on YouTube. I'll put the it's, link in there. It's on notes. YouTube. I highly recommend you'll watch it. It's only about 20 minutes long. It's a pilot episode of a show that never got made called Puchinski. And the general idea Puchinski. is... The the general idea is that there's a bad cop who ends up getting killed, but gets resurrected as... I mean, you say he's a bad cop, but who caught the um, grocery hall strangler, eh? <laughs> it, indeed, indeed. Um, but yeah, so he's seen sort of like just lazily walking around, eating hot dogs, being lewd. Um, and then he gets killed and resurrected as a bulldog that he's just befriended. Yeah. So and I he, he he and the bulldog just kind of like mash themselves together in the car crash, and then he's like, "Oh, I don't know. I just saw a tunnel of light." And then it's explained. That's it. That's all you need. That's it. Which does beg the question: What the hell happened to the soul of the bulldog? I know. Or maybe maybe it's being very very prejudiced and saying the bulldogs don't have souls. <laughs> Which is unbelievably prejudiced. Yeah. Particularly in the age of Brexit, where bulldogs are that is now the national bulldogs symbol. are the most the most important animal in the world. They're protected. Yeah. Three bulldogs on your shirt. Yeah. That's the new yeah, song. You, you can't <laughs> you can't get rid of them. Thirty to fifty feral bulldogs just in your yard. <laughs> it, it would <laughs> We're not allowed would, guns, so we can't get rid of the feral bulldogs. Guns would not be enough to get rid of the bulldogs. No. And by fer- by feral bulldogs I mean Nigel Farage and his Brexit party. <laughs> There's about thirty to fifty of them, right? Yeah, exactly. So, Enough so, people to fit into a working men's club. <laughs> so and drink drinking gone off ale. So Pachinski, right? The the thing that's always struck me about this is how utterly terrifying the puppet bulldog is. It's re- it's got a really nasty face. It's a really <laughs> horrible animatronic. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the video on YouTube is low res, so I think it would actually be even worse if it was HD. Yeah, if you could see an HD version of this, if you could see it would those fake really jowls bad. moving. Yeah, ah, oh, it's horrible, and so it talks. It, it, somehow he's able to still make human speech, which I appreciate, but it is oh, it's a bit horrible. And 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 then the plot is 
The plot is pure Paddy Johnston, I think is the best way to describe it. What, there's a man who loves a woman in his building and he needs the pushing of his his dog cop partner who's got the spirit of his former partner in him <laughs> to to tell him to read the cues. I was thinking more, oh, there's a sassy dog and things are going to get wacky, which oh, I think yeah. is the, the definition of every film but that you've that's ever That's my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be fair that is a very accurate description of beethoven which is yeah, great, exactly. the greatest film ever made exactly actually i want us to talk about beethoven we're going to talk about beethoven all right it's, it's your choice next though <laughs> it is my choice next and it is not beethoven I, I won't take beethoven away from you you can be the one that chooses no. beethoven yeah um so or actually maybe it should be beethoven's second because there is like a, a kind of very very small romantic plot in beethoven but in beethoven's second like beethoven the dog gets a girlfriend and has puppies spoiler I think, alert i think we need to watch both that's true actually and to be fair they shot them both together at the same time they did didn't so they? you can do it on that on that basis yeah there's like a scene where you can tell that charles groden is wearing the same pants he wore the night before <laughs> <laughs> um so a few things to point out in Pachinski. it's awesome it's awesome it's Gen- also genuinely though the amount of utter shit that's on television and the amount of utter bollocks that was being made in 1990 how did they not make this it's true <laughs> you think about some of the stuff that made it to air and this didn't and you know this is around the same time as baywatch nights making it to air yeah exactly this is way more interesting <laughs> than that way more fun just well, way more I, goofy and i don't know baywatch nights is pretty fun and goofy it gets supernatural. Does it but have a flatulent bulldog? It does not have a talking flatulent bulldog that also sexually harasses one of its co-workers. Because let's bear this in mind, right? He gets turned into a bulldog and then... And the then he's like, oh yeah, the women don't mind if I touch them now. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> Which oh, is Jesus very, Christ. Yeah, 1990. Uh, yeah, it's not not good. But at the same time, he farts a lot and he also bites someone in the groin. Yeah. Um both of which are valid forms of entertainment. Absolutely. I I'm always here for some groin biting. Yep. It's so so he gets turned into a cop. Then he has some hilarious moments which are not meant to be hilarious. Um where he's basically looking in a mirror going this is what I am now. I'm a bulldog. Yeah. I'll and then at first he's again. really happy about it. And then, yeah, there's another scene where suddenly he gets all melancholy and he's like, oh my God, I'm a dog. <laughs> it's glorious. Um, it's really glorious. Yeah. There's really, what I really love about it is is that kind of nonsense where he suddenly turns around and is like, I'm a cop, God damn it. And, and I'd really like it to be... I almost wish if this got made into a film or into a series that it got turned into a really deadpan, serious cop drama where he just happened to be a dog. His whole thing is that he wants people to take him seriously as a cop, but they don't because he's a dog. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah, it would have been great. It would have been would have been so good. Yeah, I'm genuinely sad that it didn't get made. Yeah. But also kind of glad because the dog is scary. Yeah. <laughs> There'd be lots of lots of real nightmare fuel out there if this did get turned into yeah. a real... But these days, you could make it really easily, couldn't you? You know, 
live action, sorry, or photo realistic animation, animation Lion King, whatever. Give me Puchinski now. <laughs> yeah, precisely. That's what I want. I want Puchinski, goddammit. Take your Lion King and shove it. Yeah, get out. I haven't even <laughs> seen it. Um, the, other, the only other thing that's worth pointing out here is the show does kind of start with him being picked on by a bunch of kids and then he gets out his gun at them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it did make me chuckle, but I was like, oh, okay. To be fair, one of them pulls a knife on him first. Yes. Um, but that that did really make me laugh. I enjoyed that a lot. A flick knife, which is also very 1990s. Super 90s. Probably know, made of plastic. Was he wearing those that little he gloves? He on a French studs. exchange. He's wearing those little gloves with studs on, with fingerless gloves with studs. That's what all the cool gangsters were wearing in 1990. Yeah, for sure. So, is that enough Pachinski talk? I just want to say that a, a line I really appreciated was when the, the police chief advises. So basically it starts and the guy who's his partner has asked for a tra- like a transfer. He want, he doesn't want to be his partner anymore because he doesn't wash and he farts. And then the police chief is like, don't confuse hygiene with character, which I think is a very good life rule. I think that is. Yeah, that's a weirdly prescient line, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. In and a then show about a talking they're suddenly good partners. And then yes. when the, when he becomes a dog, he can't even get rid of him. No, exactly. It's uh, yeah. There's some magic in there. Yeah, and he, when he's got the he's got the sexy lady in his apartment, the dog says, "Let's create a little mood in here," and then he dims the lights somehow because he's a dog. Yeah, and puts on the music. Um, I'd like to point out that this mo- this uh, show has Frank McRae in it, who I really love. So Frank McRae, he plays angry police lieutenant in last action hero which is a underrated arnold schwarzenegger movie about absolute nonsense and and a meta look at action movies in general he's also in license to kill the underrated james bond movie Mm -hmm. um with timothy dalton and also he's in batteries not included have you ever watched yeah i love that included one of my favorite films when i was a a great film really underrated Yep, I really love that film. You can take your E.T. and you can shove it up your ass. If you want a movie about aliens and robots and about friendly aliens and robots and how they're misunderstood and how society's own prejudices can turn us against each other, Batteries Not Included is the way to go. It's such a lovely film. I used to watch it all the time. Absolutely. It's such a great movie. E.T. can fuck off. I'm sorry. Get out <laughs> do you, of E.T. Do you hate E.T.? I, I don't hate E.T., but I think it's really overrated. It's one of the most overrated films. Like, I never got the hype. I was just thought, oh, it's okay, yeah. E.T., phone home, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I didn't even realise people thought it was one of the best movies ever made until I was about 18. Um, and I was like, what, really? Really? People think it's one of the best movies ever? You know, the nostalgia that a show like Stranger Things would place on a film like E.T., is kind of demonstrates exactly why the latest season of Stranger Things is a bit a bit off compared to the other stuff. What they really needed to be do was to be doing like a nostalgic trip about batteries not included, and it brought to be about little aliens. What they really needed to do was have Pachinski references. Oh, yeah, obviously, yeah, that would be the next one. <laughs> Stranger <laughs> Things, nineteen ninety, and they've all got like animatronic dogs. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> Stranger yeah. Things guys, we know you're listening because you love us. The new Mind Flayer is just like a giant bulldog. <laughs> giant Pachinski. With really weird angular jowls. Yeah. Um, And the only other thing I'd like to point out is that the main guy, played by George Newbern, 
He has been in movies set in the universe of Airbud. What? Yep. No way. Uh-huh. So it all goes full circle. I don't recognise him, which... um. So he is the voice of Bark in Pupstar. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I haven't I haven't seen Pupstar. Oh, and, and Pup Pupstar better together. And Puppy okay. Star Christmas. Uh, I think these are this is this is the fringes of the Airbud universe. Oh, well, I think yeah. It's not, it's not canon. I, I think it's all canon. It does have the Airbud logo on it, which means it's officially part of Airbud. It's just not about. No, it's um, it's Airbud Legends. <laughs> It's uh yeah, but you know anything with the with the pups as Airbud Legends. Uh, unless it's about a dog that plays some kind of sport moderately well, it's not true Airbud then. Yeah. That's that's okay. how it works. The orig- the original nine movies, Airbud Saga. <laughs> right, sure. Um so yeah, that's it for me on Pachinski. Are we gonna do a double rate? Are we gonna rate Yeah, we should rate Pachinski. I give it twenty out of twenty. <laughs> How are we rating? Very, it? very sad that it didn't get made. Genuinely, because there's so much shite out there, and it would have been really fun. <laughs> it would have been fun. Um, yeah. How? What are we ranking it out of? How many? How flatulent is your dog? How flatulent is your bulldog <laughs> on a scale of one to twenty? On a scale of zero to Winston Churchill. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I get up to Nicholas Soames on the zero to Winston <laughs> level. That's a very good answer. <laughs> um, yeah, you can't yeah. go as far as Churchill himself. No, no. So I'm at Nick Soames levels. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll go scale. with that as well. Yeah, <laughs> a, a, a nice inscrutable uh, ranking system here. You, you people at home can make what you want out of that rating. Yeah. Uh, see what do what you see fit, but do watch Pachinski. It's on YouTube. It's uh, yep. it's funny. It's a thing. It's not hard to find. It is out there. It is not. Sorry, you, just on the Airbud Wikipedia page, and there's an amazing table of like all the how all the actors cross over the films and stuff. I don't know if I really want to know. I'd rather let the magic. That's cool. Keep, a a <laughs> long place. Uh, there's quite a long cell which just reads various golden retriever dog actors. <laughs> <laughs> but the original oh. Airbud was played by the real Airbud. Was his name Airbud? It, it was Buddy. Buddy. Buddy, Buddy, yeah. Like the elf. Yeah. March 23rd, 1988. He's born the same year as us. Oh, wow. So f- February 10, 1998. What a great year, 1988. Yeah. He was best known for his role as himself in the movie Airbud and as Comet in the TV sitcom Full House. Oh, wow. He's yeah. a double famous doggo. Buddy was found by Kevin De- De Chico, De Chico as a stray dog in the Sierra Nevada at the summer of 89. He adopted the disheveled golden retriever and brought him home to San Diego where he trained him in the sports of basketball, baseball, football, soccer and hockey. There you go. He was, ta- he, was- <laughs> was- he was touted as the Michael Jordan of dogs. Citation needed. <laughs> <laughs> what if it turns out he was called that by Michael Jordan? Yeah, I'm going to make it my mission to provide a legit citation for that. Yeah, you need to. Go find it. I'm going to call up Michael Jordan and be like, hey man, I know you listen to our podcast. He does. He's a big I know fan. you're a big fan. Yeah, He loves the uh, the Bridges of Madison County. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah. The, oh. ho- the hoops of Madison County, as, <laughs> as he calls them. Oh. So, good times. So, yeah, so, keeping the faith is good. 
Puchinski's good. And we've got What's a movie good? next that. So I don't know if you've seen, but the trailer for The Joker is out and the early reviews are in for Joker. So is this it, is the Is it a man Joaquin Phoenix? It is Joaquin Phoenix. He's I love playing him. he's playing Joker. It looks like it's basically doing taxi driver or king of comedy, but um with uh DC Comics villain, which is an interesting concept. And now, the King the, of Comedy—that is a film that I like. That I, I think really is also en- underrated. I really love that film, and it always astounds me that more people haven't seen it because yeah. you know it's got a powerhouse performance in it, and it's got you know some great direction. One of De Niro's best performances, yeah, in, definitely, if not his best, definitely. Um, and so this, there's definite parallels between that and Joker, apparently, which is interesting. Yeah. There's been a lot of absolute fucking nonsense being talked about it where people are saying, it's going to lead to more mass shootings. It's going to inspire loads of mass shootings. No, it's probably not, because people will look for any reason to create acts of violence like this. It's it's effectively the equivalent of the right-wing press in the 90s blaming doom on the mass shootings in schools. Yeah, yeah. You you can't put something like that to a piece of media. Video Um, nasties for 2019. Yes, precisely. Boring. and so he's he's been on my mind as old Joaquin because it looks like he did a lot of great work in this film. Um, and so I was thinking, I'd like to watch a good movie with him in. So we're going to yeah. be watching Her. Ah, I can't believe we haven't done that already. No, I know. It's, uh, it's a really great film. I have seen film. film. I like it. It's yes. good. But I haven't watched it since the cinema. So it's ah, going to be okay. great to rewatch it. I never saw it in the cinema. Oh, that was good. It was good. But yeah, I've not seen it since, so I, I'm excited to watch it again. Very good, very good. That is that is a good choice, actually. They've redeemed oh, well, yourself you. after choosing Secret Obsession. <laughs> How dare you? What a great movie that was. Very good, very good. All right, well, I think I think that about covers everything. I'm just looking at pictures of um, Airbud in Full House. Oh, <laughs> he's such a good boy. But they, they never could have done an Airbud Full House crossover properly then, could they? No, although actually I guess this means that Full House is in the Airbud universe. That is an interesting conundrum. Listeners, think on this between now and the next episode. Full House, Airbud, what does it all mean? Pachinski, what does that mean? We'll leave you with those. <laughs> yeah, what does it all mean? <laughs> Oh, oh now dear. I'm now I'm on a BuzzFeed post. So BuzzFeed is still a thing. BuzzFeed's a thing. It posts constantly. Is uh, a constant source of entertainment. Yeah. This this podcast brought to you by Rob's love of nonsense BuzzFeed lists. Pick your favorite films for an underrated series recommendation. Oh, geez. choose your favorite Netflix original. Let's just do this quiz and then we can wrap up. Okay. Right. Du- Dumpling. Someone great. The week of when we first met. Bird Box or Murder Mystery? Uh, you remember his... when we first met? That's yeah. the one where um, Adam, Adam what's-his-name is fat now. <laughs> out of those choices, I guess it's got to be Dumpling. But yeah. It's between that and Bird Box. Bird Box was all right. I, some haven't, good I haven't in, seen it. There's some good moments in Bird Box, but yeah, I guess it's guess it's Dumpling. Yep. Okay, what's the best Disney movie of all time? Zootopia. Cinderella, Moana, Lilo and Stitch, The Little Mermaid, or Aladdin? How is the Black Cauldron on this list? Aladdin. 
fuck this quiz. <laughs> um, choose your all-time favorite musical. The Sound of Music, West Side Story, Annie, Pitch Perfect, Hairspray, or Grease. Oh, those are some bad choices. But I'm That just go... sounded like a list of grooming products. I'm going to go Grease. Grease. Another film we should talk about. It's indeed. Okay. indeed. Um, how about a classic 80s movie? Okay. The Princess Bride, Heathers, The Breakfast Club, Back to the Future, The Goonies, or Die Hard? Oh, that is a Jeez, difficult that one. Is, that is tough. That's tough. Um, I think I'm going to have to go Die Hard, but Princess Bride runs it really close. Yeah. I do love Princess Bride. Inconceivable. Pick a new movie you can't wait to see. <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Fuck off. Cat- <laughs> Cats, Downton Abbey, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, Frozen 2, or Mulan. Um, it's got to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, I loved. I, I had such a great Have time you seen watching it? it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen Isn't it. Isn't there like a massively racist portrayal of Bruce Lee in it? It's not racist. It's um, just stupid. It's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you could say that about any of Tarantino's work. <laughs> <laughs> have, I, have i not talked about once upon a time in hollywood on this podcast no let's, I thought let, I, let's I finish thought the I quiz did. and then you can do that there's one yeah. more one more thing pick a random movie mean girls la la land the spy who dumped me avatar finding nemo or just go with it uh you know what out of those choices i'm choosing the spy who dumped me because that film is fucking amazing have you watched it? it no it looks right. really stupid in two weeks time that's my choice of movie remind me if i forget because it's got romance it's got explosions isn't um is melissa mccarthy in that no that's i'm spy, thinking of something oh damn it which is also dumb and funny as hell they're both dumb and funny as hell they could okay. yeah, do a double do you want to know what your underrated series recommendation is oh yeah i do brooklyn 99 is Brooklyn Nine Nine underrated? No, it's it's. I'd say it's rated. I'd say it's rated well. People people really think love it's it. good. It's good. Yes, yeah. People really <laughs> love it. I love it. It's this good. Is a, this it is a terrible quiz. I'm not going to put it in the show notes. <laughs> Everyone's choice is Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, talk to me about how shit Quentin Tarantino is because I love it. <laughs> so. I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and it is a strange movie because it's very subdued by Tarantino standards and it's quite languid and sprawling. It almost feels like a Linklater movie at times um, where it's to do with the um, the friendship between Brad Pitt, who is the stunt double of Leonardo DiCaprio's washed up uh, Western actor. Um, and so it's it's a really weird film in general um, because it's got all of that going on. And it's quite interesting seeing this person whose career is kind of winding down and he's wondering about going over to Italy to be in spaghetti westerns. Um, oh, is that what Tarantino is going to do next? I Maybe. He's done, his, he's done westerns, though. He's done two westerns now. Um, and so it's... And yeah, so that's all kind of weird and it's kind of boring in places. And there's these weird moments of sort of jarring surprise like it suddenly gets dropped on you about halfway through the movie that brad pitt's character might have murdered his wife (laughs) and it's like what okay and then it's never really it's never really sort of delved into beyond that which is quite an interesting choice um but then there's 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 also you've got these fictional characters but then it also intertwines with the story of uh the polanski murders the 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 Charles Manson murders, right? Um, not the not to be confused with the Puchinski murders. No, exactly. 
Um, and so it's really weird. So they go out. So Brad Pitt ends up out in the ranch where the Manson family was living. Um, and they, they've got all of these passing discussions with the Manson family. And at the end, um, spoiler alert, if you're going to go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, the Manson family turn up outside um, Polanski and Sharon Tate's house and they're about to go in and murder them when Leonardo DiCaprio's character comes out and hurls abuse at them and is like, get your fucking loud car off my fucking driveway. And so they leave and then they decide, you know what, we're going to go back and kill him instead. Um, but then they turn up just after Brad Pitt smoked an acid cigarette. They try and stab him and he doesn't feel anything and then he straight up fucking murders them. <laughs> it's And there's suddenly this really violent really funny scene where the manson family are getting brutally murdered by brad pitt and brad pitt's dog um and then the one that survives is like outside in the pool like having run through a glass window to escape when leonardo dicaprio gets out a flamethrower and sets them on fire <laughs> and it's just as that i really loved the end of the movie but it is also very strange because it's dealing with the real brutal murders of people 50 years ago and creating this bizarre comedic um sort of uh divergent history that just sounds a bit grubby to me you know it, i i, I do raking know. over the bones of the charles manson murders well, and then making them overblown and funny well but that I also don't know. sounds I, not funny it's it's very very funny even you would find it very very funny in <laughs> spite of how my my lack of sense of humor it, well no in my, you, a man who will laugh at nothing unless it involves the dog. I know that you would begrudge Tarantino anything, but even you would find this scene incredibly humorous. It's hilarious. Um, but it's weird because all of the way through the movie, when it was tying in the the real world events, I was like, mm, I'm not too sure about this. But then the end is so overblown and so funny. And I think there's something great you can do by making a mockery of monsters. And it, it's what Mel Brooks made an entire career out of. Um, and here you've got Tarantino making a mockery out of these monsters in the Manson family. And I think that's some of the best ways that you can utilise satire and you can utilise art. Um, so I'm a little bit uncomfortable with it, but even Sharon Tate's family um, gave the go-ahead for the film and they they were happy with the way it was all portrayed. Right, okay. Um, so, you know, the people actually involved in it, they were okay with it. And, you know, I, I can't really argue with that. Um, whereas there is a movie out on Netflix, I noticed, called The Haunting of Sharon Tate, uh, oh, no. which is a horror movie about Sharon Tate's murder, uh, which awful. I imagine is not so good. And I don't I'm, I'm sure the, the family gave family. that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I don't know. It was a weird film. I think it's probably the work of his that I've enjoyed the least. But it also there was moments of it that were kind of interesting. And it did give me a genuine belly aching laugh at the end when you're seeing... Um, Brad Pitt smash an evil hippie's face into the top of a fireplace over and over again. It, it's really, really funnily done. And I, I think Tarantino's use of comedy is actually very good at using comedy well. Um, and That's because think... he's got clowns to the left of him and jokers to the right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I want more humour from him, I think, unless... Yeah, Gosh. he sh- he should have been he should have been just an out and out comedy guy. He should have teamed up with Rob Schneider. <laughs> does does what Rob Schneider does constitute comedy? I'd say it's more disturbing than anything Tarantino's ever done. <laughs> yeah, um, violent. 
But speaking of other things that were a bit of a letdown after a really long period of time, just before we go, uh, new Tool album is out. And oh, yeah. It's fine, I guess, if that's your thing. It's been 13 years since Tool released an album. Is that and right? It's, uh, did you ever listen to Tool? Only here and there. I always found them quite boring, if I'm honest. Like, I, I found that Tool, when they were cohesive and when they had a point and a structure, they were very, very good. So albums like uh, Lateralis or uh, songs like 46 and 2, where they have a real incisive nature to them, worked very well. But where they didn't work well was where they were really languid and drawn out and their songs lasted like 30 minutes. Yeah, that's how it always felt to me. It just felt like masturbatory. And that's what this entire album is. I, I think every single song that's actually a song and not just a two-minute filler window is at least like nine minutes long. And they used to be very good at getting to a crescendo at the end of a song. And you're like, okay, it's all building up to this really good end point. That does not happen <laughs> on right. any of the songs on the new album. <laughs> they just kind of go on and then they end. But of course, people are going, oh, yeah, this album's amazing. It's so great. It's so great to have Tool back. You don't get music like this anymore. It's like... Well, you didn't get it back then because they actually had some self-restraint back in the day. <laughs> so oh, that's dear. my that's my hot take is new Tool album is fine, I guess. Pe- people come here for the hot takes. <laughs> that's what well, you want to hear. Whereas Quentin Tarantino's new movie, is the end worth sitting through two and a half hours? Probably not. But when it comes to streaming services, give it a watch. I'll I'll put it on in the background while I'm ironing, or and then you and then you can watch a dog attack a hippie, which is what we all want to see. Oh yeah, if, if there's dogs in it, I'm there. Uh, yeah, his dog is great. What um, breed is it? It's a staffy. Uh, Staffies are cute. Not my fave. I love a staffy because in general they're really really sweet dogs, and then the people who buy them because they look hard are really frustrated about how sweet they are. Yeah, which I thoroughly enjoy. Um. But yeah, so so those are the the two current media hot takes of the podcast, I suppose. Uh, I haven't seen anything that's current because uh, <laughs> a tiny child. <laughs> I've read Elmo's bedtime countdown. How's that? Does that involve upwards of sixty? Does that times, involve hippies yeah. getting murdered? No, no. His mum and dad. Did I show you the picture of Elmo's dad with his soul patch? You did. You did. Yeah, yeah. I've read that a lot. It's good. And the very hungry caterpillar, of course. Oh, of course. So my hot take is that that is good. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Right. Yeah. That'll about do it, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Uh, what did you think of keeping the faith, people? What did you think of Pachinski? Get in touch with us on Twitter at BigBoysDon'tPod. Emails at BigBoysDon'tCryPodcast at gmail.com. Love to yes. hear from you. Yeah. Do you want to tell me how I'm wrong about the new Tool album? Feel free to get in touch. <laughs> yeah. All of the Tool fans will be be all up in our mentions, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely will and we'll be back next week to talk about her alrighty bye bye bye